All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Hey, everybody, welcome to a lovely Friday morning, Dropping the Gloves, the official podcast of HockeyFights.com, and Tim's here. Hi, Tim. Hi, John. Thanks for having me again. I'm always wondering every episode, I'm like, is he going to have me back for another one, or is that it? It could be. I'm glad you're always on your toes, because the axe is there. You know what (laughs) I mean? You're under the guillotine, and it could happen at any moment, which, you know, it's a good thing. I don't think anybody should ever get comfortable in what they do. The moment you get comfortable is the moment you start to slack and then boom, drops the guillotine. I'm glad you feel that way. You keep me on my toes. I do. I do. So you know what else keeps me on my toes? Fan tracks. You know why? Because there's so many possibilities with fan tracks. It's not just like your mundane fantasy website where you go and there's like, oh, two options. Fan tracks has so many options, so many ways to play, so many different things you can just tinker around with it's unbelievable it's the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry tim it offers the greatest fantasy experience for any kind of leagues you want dynasty keeper redraft the elusive best ball league still don't know what that means but i'm gonna go find out and sign up for a best ball fantasy league i don't know what it means but it sounds terrific and get this i'm gonna tweet something out uh, maybe this weekend all our listeners I want you to join our fantasy league on fan tracks. It's going to be great. It's free to sign up. So it's nothing to you. you got nothing going on. Let's be honest. Sign up for a fantasy league. We're going to have a good time. We can have only 2000. So it's the first 2000 people who sign up winner takes all. We're going to do a sign John Scott Jersey. We're going to do some dropping the gloves swag. We're going to do all kinds of fun stuff for the winner. Hopefully I win because then I won't have to give away one of my jerseys, but it'll be good stuff. Sign up at fan tracks, go to fantracks.com forward slash DTG. That's the only way you can enter our league. We're going to do some kind of thing where that's the only way you can get in the league. If you sign up through fantracks.com forward slash DTG. And once you join our league, I tell you what, you're going to want to join all your leagues of Fantrax because it is such, it's such a good platform for fantasy sports, Tim. It's unbelievable. You know that. I know that. I want everybody else to know that. So go to fantracks.com forward slash DTG. Join our league. Join a ton of other leagues. It's great. Good for you guys. Good for us. Anyways, now that that good news is out of the way, Tim, um, you know, I debated talking about this clown and, and we've held off 
But when you put yourself out there, when you go on ESPN and try to, you know, fan the calm, the flames down, you know, try to just get the PR bus moving in your direction, try to get everybody back on your side and you're a Vander Kane, you have to comment on it. Did you see the interview? Did you see any snippets of it? Or have you luckily enough not seen this clown? I haven't watched it. I saw that he did one and I saw the quote that basically said all the allegations were like exceptionally false or something like that. And they would all, all the truth would come to light. That's all I saw. The truth shall set him free. He is okay. If there's little kids listening, I'm going to get a little emotional. I'm not going to be effing and jeffing and swearing and this and that, but I will get a little emotional. And there are some adult topics that I'm going to, you know, talk about so you can mute it, fast forward it, hopefully only two or three minutes. This really fires me up because he does this interview just, just so he can get his side of the story out and just to kind of portray himself as this nice guy. Oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I gambled too much. I had a gambling problem. That's my only, that's my only issue. I had a little gambling issue. That's that's why everybody doesn't like me. No, he's missing the mark. Nobody doesn't like you because you gamble too much. Everybody has a vice. Everybody in this whole world has a vice. Nobody's perfect. You know, everybody has something that they're battling with. That's not why everyone hates you, Evander Kane. Everyone hates you because you're an epic douche. That's why because you do this interview on ESPN and you got this cocky grin on your face and you think you're God's gift to us. And it's like, no, you're a douche. You do douchey things. You've done nothing since enter the NHL. All you've done is just be a bad teammate and a bad human being in general. And he, he, he ends the interview going, I just want to be treated fairly and judged accordingly. Okay. You're suspended forever. If that's how we're going to do it, because you bet on the NHL, maybe allegedly, you have done terrible things. I've heard nothing. And this is inside information. I'm not going to name names. I talk to people. I've played with people that Evander Kane have played with. We do lots of interviews where we go around the country talking to players. I'm still plugged into the NHL pipeline of information. Everybody hates you, Evander. Everybody. Nobody likes you. I have not heard one person, one teammate of yours say, you know what? He gets a bad rap. He really does. No, every single one of them goes, yeah, he's, he's a douche. He's, he's a bad guy. He's a bad teammate. Unequivocally, unequivocally across the board. I've played in Buffalo. I know everybody in Buffalo. I've played in San Jose. I know everybody in San Jose. Evander's played in Buffalo. Evander's played in San Jose. Everybody hates him. Everybody. You know, it, it, it everywhere he goes, he just burns bridges, starts fires, and just says, oh, people don't like me. They, 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 they don't know me. Everyone who knows you doesn't like you. That's just, that's just first things first. You're a bad teammate. He's had issues every team he's gone to. Atlanta, Winnipeg, Buffalo, San Jose. That's just stating the facts. You know, it's, it's been well documented what you've done in all the cities that you've gone to. All right, moving forward. I'm going to read the laundry list of stuff that Evander's done. And all the allegations, some of it's untrue, some of the charges, the fact that I'm talking about charges should just ping you. We're not talking about, 
oh, you know, he ran somebody on the ice. You know, he, he's a dirty player. He checks people from behind or he, he yaps a lot. He's a Marshawn. He's this, he's that. These are criminal allegations. These are charges being filed against you, Evander. So if you're going to be treated fairly and judged accordingly, let's look at your history and I will do that. Okay. And these aren't in order of when they happen. I was just writing stuff down when I found it down. We'll, we'll start with the most recent. And this isn't a knock against them, but it does affect your image. Filed for bankrupt, bankruptcy protection, $27 million in debt. Not a bad thing, not a crime. Protecting his assets. Red flag. Sued by the Cosmopolitan Casino in 2019 for over $500,000 in unpaid debts. By the way, those debts occurred the night before a playoff game. Game four of the first round, San Jose Sharks versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas is up two to one in the series. He goes out the night before and gambles. Shows up the next game, absolutely terrible. They lose four nothing. He gets kicked out of the game. Casino sues him because he has unpaid markers. One, one lawsuit against him. That's filed out of court. I'm sure he paid his debts. Bad teammate, bad player, bad person. Ding, ding, ding. Another accusation. The most recent one, his wife's accusation against him. Gambling on hockey. That's, you know, that's a whole ball of wax in itself. I, I hope Batman and Daly get to the bottom of this. Usually where there's smoke, there's fire. Is this just his wife emotional, you know, stating something that she doesn't know, just trying to get him in trouble? We'll figure that out. The other accusations, him being a deadbeat dad, his cheating on his wife, him not giving her any money. This is the douche move. No one's talking about this. They're, all, they're only talking about the shiny gambling stuff. They didn't mention in the interview he gave. He's a, he's a douche. Sorry, this is going from a three-minute to a 10-minute, Tim. We're going to get there. Um, when he first came into the NHL, he did that billboard to his girlfriend apologizing. What is he apologizing for? Probably for being a douche. He likes the attention. Billboard in LA in the most you know busy intersection. Oh, I'm a Vander. I'm sorry. Here's a picture of my girlfriend. Whatever. Taking pictures of himself holding stacks of money on his ear. Trying to get Floyd Mayweather's attention because he's got stacks of $100 bills. This happened during the lockout in 2012 when we were arguing with the owners about we're not getting paid enough. We need more compensation, this and that. Stupid move. I was a part of those lockouts and this pitcher comes out and the owner's like, yeah, seems to me you guys are doing pretty good when Evander Kane who just entered the league is in Las Vegas at the Cosmopolitan Hotel, the same one that would sue him seven years later. It's tweeting out pictures of him holding stacks of cash saying Floyd Mayweather called me up on my money phone. You're a clown. This is a joke. Not too long after that, he takes another picture of himself doing push-ups with stacks of money on his shoulders. How full of yourself are you? Do you need that much of attention that you just have to send pictures out of yourself? <clears throat> oh, I'm so rich. I have so much money. I'm so strong. Usually the most insecure person is the loudest person in the room. That is you, Evander Kane. You're a clown. 2016, when he's with Buffalo, he drives to Toronto for the NBA All-Star game, gets absolutely wasted, partying with all these celebrities. I'm, her, I'm sure him and Drake had a great time. Gets so messed up, doesn't make to the Sabres practice the next day, gets suspended by the team. Bad teammate, bad decision maker. What are you doing? Documents the whole thing on his social media. He loves some, he loves him some him. He's a very narcissistic human being, but no, he wants to be treated and judged fairly. That's fine. If my teammate goes out the night before, even a practice and misses practice, you're a douche. You're a jerk. You put yourself before the team. That's irresponsible. 
I've gone out before a practice. You show up to practice, you gut it out, you sweat it out. And that's what a professional does. Everybody does it. You show up to practice. Talk to guys in Buffalo. I did it many times, not many times, a couple of times. And this is where we get into the allegations, assault allegations, 2013 in Vancouver, got into a fight with the dude at 2 AM, you know, Evander claims self-defense. The other guy claims self-defense. No one knows what happened. Assault allegations filed against him. 2016, sued by a woman over an assault. Met this girl, went up to his hotel. The girl said he assaulted her. Whatever. I don't know how that ended up. File, uh, settled out of court. 2016, again, assault in Buffalo. Accused of grabbing multiple women in a bar. Sexually, obviously. That was settled out of court. I don't know what happened. A lawsuit against him currently. A woman who he had relations with. He had procured an abortion for her two times before and paid for it. And the third time she got an abortion and he said, I'm not paying for it. What kind of terrible human being are you? A, it's I'm Catholic. You're a mortal sin straight to hell unless you, you know, go to confession. That's beside the point. You're probably cheating on your girlfriend. You're or your wife or your fiance. I don't know when he got married, but I'm assuming he's married at this point. Cause it, it was in 2018. It's 2021. I know he has two kids with his current wife This whatever, even if they're still married, you're paying this woman to have abortions. You're a scumbag, an absolute scumbag. And then to have an agreement with her, besides the point that you're a scumbag, the third time, third time's a charm of murdering a baby. You decide you're not going to pay her. And now she's suing you for $6 million douche. And then he has the gall to say in this interview, and I know I might get some flack for this. He goes, well, I'm a black man in a white man's sport. And that's maybe that's why I have a loud voice. No, nothing to do with your race. Nothing to do with your race at all. You're a douche. You're a bad person. This is why you have this reputation. This is why people don't like you. That's it. No one's out to get you. You're out to get yourself. And when you burn this many bridges and you look around and you try to have people who have your back, they're all gone. It's because no one likes you and you've done nothing but be a bad person and a bad teammate to everybody. Good for you, Evander. I hope you get what you deserve. Reap what you sow. And I hope you can learn from this and move on and have a great career if you're not guilty of gambling on hockey and you can be a good dude. That's what I hope for. But right now, if you want to be treated fairly and judged accordingly, kick rocks, buddy. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's my little rant on Evander Kane. Tim, now it's your turn. Go for it. (laughs) I'm not going to pile on. I will say, um, I mean, you covered all this stuff. And like you said, when the smoke is usually fire, maybe not every single thing that he's been accused of is true. But like, what's the common denominator in all these situations? It's him. Like, he's the one that's his name just keeps popping up over and over again for this stuff. And uh, about the, the interview yesterday with ESPN, Kevin Kurz, who's with The Athletic, he's the one that wrote the article a couple of weeks ago saying that multiple players on the Sharks came forward to management saying they didn't want him on the team. They don't like him. They don't trust him. Uh, So he's plugged in and he had an interesting tweet yesterday. Um, He said, what's newsworthy about the Evander Kane interview isn't what he said. It's what he didn't say. This was a missed opportunity for him to signal to his teammates in the organization that he's ready to come back, change his ways to be a solid teammate. Instead, nothing's changed. And I think that's kind of ties exactly in what you just said. Well, he's, he plays the victim card, right? That that's, that's how it rolls. He doesn't take um, ownership of anything that he's done. I have a gambling problem. Great. Good. Don't gamble. That's fantastic. What about all the other stuff you've done? What about everything else, Evander? And uh, that's that's the last time I'm going to speak on it because he came out and he made these comments and I have to address it. I don't have to. I want to. I think people need to know. They don't need to. I just want, I, I just don't like him. It is what it, he's challenging people to fights on YouTube. It's like, come on, man. 
If you want to be taken seriously, if you want to be an NHL pro, do you see any other professional hockey player doing this that is in the news as much as Vander Kane? No. You're like the, the face of the team. You're the San Jose Sharks' best player. Do you see any other player on any other team who is the top guy getting in this much hot water? Like, it, it's, it happens too much. It happens too much. So, anyways, <sighs> that's Vander Kane. I don't like talking about stuff, but it's like, come on, dude. I Earlier this me. summer, when that allegation first came about about him betting on the games, the NHL put out a statement that they were investigating it. They take these allegations seriously, blah, blah, blah. Haven't heard anything about the league since. So I don't know if they are still investigating it, if it was just a statement for PR or what. But No, they said they're going to have some kind of results from their findings before the training camp begins. So that should they should have something in the next week or so. And I bet you they're going to come back and be like, we investigated it and we couldn't find anything. So if you're a Vander Kane and you're smart and you're gambling, you're not getting a bookie and saying, hi, it's Evander Kane. I'm going to gamble. You're using a third party. You're, you're being sneaky about it. So if something does happen, you're not on the hook for it. So like, they're not going to find anything. He's probably got a buddy in Timbuktu. He says, Hey, Gary gamble on this game. Gary is from, plays from Chichon, it's always China. Gary. You know yeah. yeah. That's how it's going to go. So he's probably got some, you know, connection to, if he did do it, you know, it's going to be hard to prove unless there's some receipt somewhere, some bank transaction that says, okay, you made this much from this casino. Where did it come from? We'll see if the NHL dug that deep, went into his finances, got, you know, all his statements and stuff. I don't think they did. They just don't seem like the kind of organization that wants this kind of attention. Oh, the NHL has players gambling on each on, on their games. They don't want that bad press. So they probably just interviewed Evander. Ah, we believe you. Moving on. So, I don't know. We'll see what comes from it. Hopefully, they went a little bit further than what I said. The fact that there's those allegations, you know, I want to be judged accordingly. I want to punch you in the face, Evander. I want to punch you in the face. All right. So, let's talk about the division Evander's in. Let's go through a couple teams. I don't think we'll have enough time after my rant to, to go through all of the Pacific teams, unless you have something else to say, Tim. Well, it's just, it's, it's, we don't always get to see you this worked up and I like to see it, but I'm wondering if maybe you kind of working yourself up into a, uh, an appetite. Are you working up an appetite for yourself when you get this emotion? Usually when my blood starts flying, I, I need to get some food into me, but I, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't have any food. You didn't pack a lunch today to work? Never. And it's Friday. I don't eat meat on Friday. What do I do? I guess there's nothing you can do. Do ding dong door dash. Let me know if you listeners are getting tired of our ads because I enjoy doing them. Um, go to DoorDash. You know what? I might do that actually right now for lunch. We'll go to DoorDash. Even just a subway. There's a subway around the block. I hate subway. Don't judge me. I go to my DoorDash app. I fire it up. I go subway, beep, boop, boop. And I get myself a nice vegetarian sub. And away we go. And it'll be here in no time. It's very cheap, very convenient. And it's so, so easy. So go to DoorDash. Tell them we sent you. Our promo code still doesn't work. They hate us over at DoorDash, but we love them. So go to DoorDash, go to the website, go to the app, use them, write them an email. If you want, be proactive, tell them we sent you, get yourself some food. So go to DoorDash.com. Most likely you're going to do it on your phone. Tim does it every day. You think Tim cooks for himself? Not a chance. He's DoorDashing it up. He's like their best customer. He's got premium platinum. You know how the American Express, they have the platinum card. Tim's got the platinum app on his phone because he uses it so much. So be like Anyone Tim. Anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that's not true. I post pictures of my food all the time. I you, cook you regularly. Do, don't you? DoorDash is for the weekends for me. Oh, but you can get it at seven days a week. Saturdays aren't for the boys. They're for DoorDash. 
So I don't know, go to DoorDash, check it out. It's a good company, good food, makes it easy. Very, very simple to use. DoorDash.com or go right on the app and use DoorDash. All right, now that we've got that out of the way. I want to talk about every division and see who's going to be the leaders, who's going to be the favorites. What can we expect now that we're back to normal? Now that COVID is gone, we don't have the Canadian division. We don't have the, the Honda division, the Scotiabank. We're back to Pacific, Central, Metropolitan, and Eastern. Like we're back to the normal divisions and it's exciting. So I figured while I'm dumping out of Vander Kane and the San Jose Sharks, not so much the Sharks, more Vander. He deserves it. He's a piece of garbage. Um, let's talk about the Pacific division. And because of that rant on piece of garbage of Vander Kane, we're only going to get through a couple teams because, because Vander Kane's a piece of garbage. So let's start, Tim. We'll go by alphabetical order. But how about that? Sounds good to me. All right. Why don't you kick us off with the <clears throat> Anaheim Ducks, not the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks. And it should be the Mighty ex- Ducks. What, can be, what couldn't we expect out of the Ducks this year, Tim? Well, not a whole lot of goals. They actually finished dead last in goals last year. And that's, I would not have guessed that. I would have guessed uh, Buffalo or Detroit maybe. But yeah, Anaheim was dead last in goals last year. But they have a, a bright future. They're, they're, I think they're probably a team that's that's still, I don't know, they could be up to five years away from being a playoff team. But their their young course is among the best in the league with Zagras, Troy Terry, and Comtois. Um, on the Comtois? Side of the, <laughs> uh, Ryan Getzloff is back another year, which is a surprise. I think a lot of people thought that he would go move to a contender. I expect he'll get traded at the deadline, like a, like a Jumbo Joe type situation. Patty Marlowe, he's 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 right up there with those guys in age now. He's getting up there, so um, I'm surprised that he's back. But again, I don't think he'll finish the season. I, I just don't think they're anywhere close to being a contender or even a playoff team. And they have these young guys, but I, I don't really see a direction forward. Like, do you see this team headed in a positive direction? It seems like they're kind of muddling a little bit. No, no, they're, they're not even muddling. They're a bad team. Like they're, they're built terribly. The only thing they have going for them is John Gibson. He is the, by far the best player on this team. They have no forwards who are of notes. They have no defensemen who I look at and go, Oh, he's a good defenseman. They have a couple of contracts. They don't have albatross contracts that are just like, whoa, that's a terrible contract. But they do have a couple bad contracts. They have like 13 million in cap space. So they do have some money if they wanted to make a run of the player. But why would you? They, they, they're not going to win anything. In this Pacific division, they're the worst team in my, in my opinion, even worse than the Seattle Kraken. Like when it's all said and done, they're coming in last place. I don't know what other team you can look at and say they are worse than the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. San Jose still has some talent up front. They got Hurdle. They got Couture. They got all these younger guys. I'm I'm blanking on a few right now, but Anaheim doesn't have anybody. They have absolutely nobody. And when your leading scorer last year gets 33 points, 33, like that's, that's saying something. Connor McDavid got a hundred. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not a good sign. Like, Maxime Kumquat got 33 points, and that's your leading score. So I, I just don't know where you're going to find the goals, like you said. I don't know how you're going to keep the goals out of the net. If they don't have John Gibson, like, they're even worse last year than they were. John Gibson willed them to a lot of wins. He played phenomenal last year. So, I don't know. I, I think Getzlaff comes back because he's just being loyal. 
I don't know. I, I don't see him moving on. He's already won his Stanley cup. So he's not really chasing. I'm sure. I'm sure he'd like to win another one, but you know, he's, he's got a, he's got a network in Anaheim. He's been there his whole life. He, he signed there. He got drafted there. He signed right away and he played right out of uh, junior. So that's his home. That's where he's probably going to settle down when he's done. This could be his last year. He's 36 and he's played there for over 16, 17 years. So I don't know. They got Henrique. They signed him to that terrible contract. They got Jakob Silverberg. Like they don't have any forwards who I look at and go, Oh, like this, you know, you never, maybe, maybe no, the Cam Fowler, he was good four years ago. Like Lindholm, they just, they're very like Kevin Shattenkirk. You know what I mean? They just, they don't have any guys that excite me. So if I, if I'm them, I'm trading Gibson, I'm getting some value for him and I'm moving on, but Gibson is signed for another like six years at 6.4. And does the team want to invest that much money in a John Gibson when goaltenders historically don't age very well. And John Gibson's 28. So I don't know. It's not looking too good for him. Where do you see them finishing? Scoring is going to be hard. Keeping the pucks out of the net is going to be hard. When I list their defensemen, like Lindholm Fowler, the only really shut down defenseman they have, and he's not that, is Josh Manson, you know? So they don't have guys who can just lock in on a guy and just be like, oh, you're done. I'm, I'm going to take you out of the game, McDavid, because there's some guys in the Pacific Division who can fly. And I just don't see this team being able to keep up unless they have some young kids, like you mentioned, who are just raring to go and come out of nowhere. But I don't see the Terry and the Kumquats or the Zegras really doing that. And their power play was awful. Their P- PK was average. Like, I don't know. No, no. What, any other comments on Anaheim, Tim? Uh, a couple. So, I mean, you mentioned the scoring is going to be a problem. The power play was actually dead last as well. Uh, but going back to Gibson, I think they should trade him. Um, five more years under contract, uh, six and a quarter, like you said. 28 years old, but I think I, I'll disagree. The goalies don't age well. I thought we've seen the last few um, couple of years is like Kadovin. Look at his look at he did. Carey Price, Mark Andre Fleury. They're all like 35 plus. And uh, you know, John Gibson is still, if if not top five, certainly top ten goalie in the league right now. And I think a lot of teams would pay like a pretty good haul. Six million dollars is 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 a good contract for him. Like he's very tradable, and I think they can get a lot of positive assets for him because like. Yeah, like five more years, like you got them, you got them under a good contract for a good length and it's super valuable. Why trade that? But they're not going to be a contender, let alone a playoff team for probably the entire length of that contract. So I think trade them now and get something good for them. I agree with you. I, I stand corrected. Goaltenders, you, you, this is a good argument, Tim. You win that one. Not very often it happens, but yes, he is a good goaltender and who will be a good goaltender forever. So you, you've changed my mind. Does Anaheim finish dead last, Tim? In the Pacific Division, where do they end up in this standings? What's going on with your mic? Dead last. Uh, yeah, it just came loose. These mic stands. I had an issue uh, last week with it. What's going on? Right. We, we get sold a lemon here? I don't know. Not ideal. All right, moving on. The Calgary Flames, Tim. Can you give us an insight of what happened with Calgary last year? What they have to do to change? Because we're talking about a team contrasting them to Anaheim. Anaheim doesn't have anything going for it. They don't have any solid forwards. Their defense is just average at best. They have great goaltender. What is Calgary has some good, exciting young players. They have some decent guys on the back end. What does Calgary need to do to kind of forget about last season where they had such high expectations? Well, 
they have a couple of kind of lingering things. Talk about the axe lingering over your head with Kachuk and Gaudreau. Both are entering contract seasons. Kachuk's going to be an RFA. Gaudreau will be a UFA. They've had rumors, you know, speculation circling these guys for the last year, year and a half, which is kind of surprising that these wouldn't both be like cornerstone franchise pieces that you latch onto forever. So it's, it's strange that they get traded. I think Gaudreau is more likely than Kachuk. He's been rumored and connected to Philly for quite some time now. Um, but they also have 10 expiring contracts next summer. So this is, a, this is all on, this is not counting prospects or minor leagues or anything, just in their starting roster. So this is a team that could look a lot different at this point next year. One of the bigger questions they have is, is Giordano obviously was taken their captain, their best defenseman. He was taken by the Seattle Kraken. How do they replace his defense and leadership? Like they don't really have that guy on defense anymore. Like Noah Hannafin, he hasn't quite panned out like we thought he would when he came up with Carolina. Zadorov, big body, strong guy, good defenseman, but like he's no Giordano, right? So I, I think that's a bigger question more than the offense is this defense and how they're going to stop the other team from scoring. Yeah, I think they have six guys who are three, four defensemen. They don't have the guy who's the one. So they they, they just well, it'll have to be um, leadership by a committee. You know, they don't have the guy who's a Giordano or a Hedmond or whoever it may be. But I don't mind their defense. I, I think they're serviceable. The Hannafin's good. Anderson's good. You know, Christopher Tanev does his job. He doesn't try to reinvent the wheel. Zadorov could be really good. I, I like him. I played with him. I think he's got some talent. He just gets a little bit loose and he doesn't, you know, stay focused as long as he should. I think if he really buckled down and really focused on the his own end a little more instead of always trying to do the big hit, always trying to jump up in the rush, he could be really, really, really effective defenseman. Eric Goodbranson always seems to be on a new team. Every time yeah. I see his name, I'm like, where is he now? Where in the world is Eric Goodbranson? So he's there. And uh, Michael Stone and Yusuf Valamaki, they're decent players, you know. Uh, Stone will be the seventh guy. He'll be rotating in and out with injuries and bad play as it may, you know, happens. But, you know, it is what it is. They got a decent back end. Their goaltender is Markstrom. What happened to him? He had this unbelievable year in Vancouver. He goes to Calgary and just, he didn't really work out. Does he need to be good for this team to be good, or can he be average? Because they have good forwards. You mentioned everyone's on an expiring contract, but when you have a Monahan, a Backlund, a Gaudreau, a Kachuk, they picked up Blake Coleman. They're a very Daryl Sutter type team. They want to play heavy. They want to play hard. They want to make it very difficult for the other team, and they have the team to do that. They get Brett Ritchie as well. They have some big forwards to make it hard. They obviously have Lucic, who's still somewhat effective he's a big body he can you know throw him on the fourth line he, he's good what's the key to this team being good next year the I one think thing it's pro- uh one thing uh probably goaltending i mean markstrom when he's on he he's pretty elite we saw that in vancouver um and he wasn't terrible last year 2.68 goals against 904 save percentages you want more from your number one guy especially if you want to make, go on a playoff run but i think getting a more from him and I think just not losing focus with that these kind of distractions up front these trade rumors the speculation I assume they'll try to lock up Matthew Kachuk first and foremost and, and try to get him under contract on a longer deal um I don't know there's just not much on this team that really excites me though I don't really see are they a playoff team do you think in this division they'll be four or five so they'll be yeah. battling until the end for that last playoff spot I don't see them challenging for the top spot I think that's going to be Edmonton that's going to be Vancouver and then they will be in the group of the teams kind of just trying to get that three, four spot. I think the bottom five teams are all pretty similar. When you look at the flames, when you look at the, well, the Knights are number one. What am I saying? But like the sharks, the Seattle crack, and those teams will be fighting for that last spot. 
So it'll be interesting to see how they pan out. If, if they start the season off kind of slow, if they can see where the road is headed, because they're not going to win the Stanley Cup, right? They're, they're spending almost to the cap. They don't have much wiggle room. They still have to sign Kachuk. Do they start unloading players? If, if you're the GM, if you're Brad traveling, at what point do you say, you know what? I got to get rid of Johnny. I got to get rid of Johnny Gaudreau. I got to get rid of Luch. If, if I can, Sean Monahan, he's been here his whole career. He hasn't really done too much. When do you start selling? Get rid of Backlund and just reset. You know, you don't have really anybody to build around. They don't have much young, young talent. Dylan Dubé is pretty good. What, at what point in the season do you say, okay, that's it. We're resetting. Do you, or do you try to fight for that fourth spot? What would you do if you're traveling? It's, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to guess, but I, I just don't think this team is that close that I would need to wait that long. If we're, if we're sitting in the seven, eight spot, you know, 10, 15, 20 games in, I'm starting to move some pieces around or at least try to make like one big move to make a statement, send a message to the team. Um, I, whether that's Gaudreau again, like he's been linked to Philadelphia forever. He's from that area. He's best friends with Kevin Hayes. They've been trying to get, make that happen entering a contract season. I don't know that he's really looking at wanting to come back and resign. I don't think that he sees this team is that close to being a contender and he probably wants to go somewhere else. Um, to answer your question, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's too soon to tell, but I don't think they have a very long leash is my point. One thing they do have going for them is that they don't really have any bad contracts. Like you mentioned Lucic is five and a quarter for two more years. He's probably their worst one, but that's not really that much money. And he's, he can still contribute a little bit. Like they've done well managing the cap. They don't really have much cap space, but they don't have any, like they're not relying on any one player, but on the flip side of that, they don't have any superstar players that are worth that kind of money anyway. So it's sort of a, a lose, lose there, I guess. I still believe in Johnny hockey. I still believe in him. He's a very, very good player. He's still relatively young. He's 28. I think you can get a good haul for him. I, I do think if, if it's not going their way, even if they are in the fourth playoff spot, you got to get something for these guys. You can't let Johnny Gaudreau walk without getting anything from him. That would be a travesty to Calgary fans. And I just feel bad for Calgary. You know, they, they had, you know, a window for this team to be really good and it just didn't happen. And they, they mismanaged it somehow, but this window is closed unless they can somehow just reset and get some good players. I just don't know. I, I don't know. Calgary, they will not make the playoffs. I, I have them finishing fifth or sixth. That's that's my prediction with Calgary. So we've done two teams, two non-playoff teams. Do you want to do one more or just call it quits and we'll, we'll pick it up next episode? We can pick it up next week. There's, there's a lot more to cover in this group. Oh, there's so much more. We haven't even gotten to Edmonton. And I know we bag on Edmonton, but I have them competing for first place in the division. So when you got McDavid and Dreinsidel, you're going to be competing for first place in any division. Those guys are so incredibly good. But we'll touch on that next week. Everybody go out and have yourself some fun. It might be the last nice weekend before fall hits. And then it's just like, it snows in Michigan, like late October. So who are we kidding? You know, the time is approaching. So get out there, have some fun. Go to our uh, page and click us and five star us and make us happy. Go to DoorDash. And everything's good. And then don't forget to find up, sign up for fan tracks. I know I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Fantasy season is upon us. Football just started. Hockey's starting now. Basketball's around the corner. It's a very exciting time to be a sports fan. And what better way to celebrate it than signing up for fan tracks? Be a part of the experience. Have some ownership on a player, on a team, whatever it may be. It makes the games more exciting. You can trash talk your friends. It's just a good way to enjoy the sport, to enjoy watching the games. I loved wiping the floor with Tim last year in our fantasy game. 
fantasy league. It was fantastic. The only thing that was missing was fan tracks. If it was on fan tracks, it would have been 10 times better. Now we have fan tracks. So check out my Twitter. Well, I'll, I'll throw something out there this week. Get on fan tracks forward slash DTG. Trust me. It'll be fun. We'll have some good trash talk in the comment section. Always a good time. And yes, check us out next week. We appreciate the support. Everybody have a good weekend. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.